We're so honored that you joined us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and challenged in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. Well, welcome to Hope Church on this first Sunday of the new year. Who's excited for 2021? How many of you are determined 2021 is going to be better than 2020? Come on. Well, you picked a good day to come to church then, because I believe God is on the move. He's doing something. I love that song that we sang, God is doing a new thing. Do you believe it? I think how we see the new year oftentimes and the expectation that we come into a new year often determines what we embrace and what we hear from God and, and how we move forward with God. And so that's why I, I am excited. I love the new year. Um, it's kind of like a fresh start, turn the page, if you will, a new chapter. And I don't know how many people don't love that, that we get a tabula rasa. 2021 is a new year. It's a new day. God is doing a new thing. It's one of the reasons why we start out the year intentionally with 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Hope Church. And so I just uh, want to take a moment before I get into the message this morning. Uh, many of you may have picked up one of these booklets on your way in. Uh, we have some on your way out if you have not. But um, what we do every year to begin our new year at Hope Church is we intentionally take 21 days to pray and fast to seek God in the new year. We tithe, if you will, the first part of our year and give it to God. And so what that means is this is your personal invitation to join in to that with us as that day begins today and it goes through January 23rd. And we've got um, not only this booklet to help guide you, and I know for many of you, maybe prayer, a time of prayer and fasting is something new. Uh, those of you who have been part of Hope Church for a long time, uh, that's, it's not something new. But I do believe that God can do something new with it when we give him this time. Amen? So I want to encourage you, take one of these books. There's different types of fasts that you can do in here. Maybe you're joining us online. You can also access this at our website at hopechurchmt.com. And right on the front page, what we have in here for you is a little note from me to you about what I believe God wants to do in this new year. A little bit about this whole message series that we're beginning today called Sword and Shovel, based on the book of Nehemiah, which I am very stoked about. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible, and I believe that God is going to use it tremendously in your life and in my life as we engage him during these 21 days of prayer and fasting. The book of Nehemiah, and the whole reason we've called this um, Sword and Shovel, every year as we approach the new year, I take some time, I get with God, and I pray and ask him what he wants to speak to us as a church going into the new year. And I actually had something different planned, and I really felt like God put the book of Nehemiah on my heart, and after I started getting into it, I, I couldn't think of a more perfect book to start out the new year in 2021. As for many of us, 2020 was a year where our life got turned upside down a little bit. Our foundations got shaken, if you will. And in the book of Nehemiah, the reason we're calling it Sword and Shovel was because Nehemiah was actually, he got a burden to help partner with God to rebuild the broken walls and gates of Jerusalem. And he did it realizing that what he was engaging in wasn't just a physical act of rebuilding the walls. It was a spiritual uh, purpose that God had for him in that. And they had very real spiritual enemies that were trying to distract them, trying to take him away from that purpose and calling, and to prevent him from rebuilding those walls and rebuilding the gates. How many of you know that I believe 2020 was a year that God did some shaking? He allowed the foundations of our life to be shaken, and for some of us that meant our walls came down a little bit, gates were broken, and I believe that God wants to partner with us to rebuild the broken walls and the broken gates of our life so that we are not vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy going into 2021, but rather that we are strong. We have a strong foundation where Jesus Christ is our chief cornerstone, that our whole lives are built on nothing less than Jesus Christ. Amen? 
And so as we embark into 2021, these 21 days of prayer and fasting, it begins today, and at 5 o'clock, we're going to have a time of prayer and worship that I want to invite you to. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be about an hour long, and we're just going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to go after God together. We're going to kick off our 21 days of prayer and fasting together. There's a couple of special things that I believe God put on my heart for us to do together tonight if you choose to come. And so I want to prepare you for that. I actually feel like during this season, um, this is more than a message series. This is more than 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're, we're embarking today on a spiritual journey. And God has something specific for you. You're not here by accident. I believe you're here on purpose. And whether you came with a friend, maybe you're checking out Hope Church, whatever the reason may be that you are sitting here in this moment, in this place, I believe God has you here on purpose for a purpose. And part of what we're going to do in these next 21 days is we're going to go after God and discover that purpose. And so join us tonight. Here's what I want to prepare you to do. I want you to ask God. There's a spiritual principle that the Apostle Paul tapped into. He said, I'm forgetting what is behind, and I'm pressing into, grab hold, and actually some Bibles say apprehend all that God apprehended me for. In other words, you were saved not just so you could go to heaven, but God apprehended your heart so that he could use you for a purpose greater than what you know, greater than what you realize. And so we're going to see, even in the book of Nehemiah, how God used an ordinary man who gripped his heart with a burden. And I believe that if you will allow the Spirit of God, he'll do the same thing for you. He'll grip your heart with a burden greater than beyond anything that you could imagine and even beyond yourself that you need to lean into the power and the presence of God to see it fulfilled. And so we're going to go after God together, and, and I want to invite you to join us. Come tonight. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come, and I want you to ask God, what is it that you need to let go of in order to embrace the new that God has. So I want you to think about and ask God and write down on a piece of paper, and I want you to bring it tonight, the thing that God would speak to your heart that you need to let go of, that's weighing you down, that's holding you back from receiving what we're going to pray into during these 21 days of prayer and fasting, the thing that you believe God wants you to press into and to pray into and apprehend. So two things you're going to bring tonight. Number one, you're going to write down the thing you need to let go. Number two, you're going to write down the thing that you're praying, believing God for breakthrough in faith for. Bring those tonight. It's going to be an amazing time together. We got some special things planned, and this is your invitation. I also want to invite you, if you are a leader of Hope Church, the following Sunday at 5 o'clock, we're going to get together here. If you lead any of our ministries, this is your personal invitation to come and join us that night. We're going to worship together. We're going to have a special time together with our Hope leaders. It's going to be awesome. And then we're going to close out our third week of prayer and fasting with one more worship and prayer night, 5 o'clock here. You're not going to want to miss it. Amen? Are you guys ready? All right, let's get into the Word of God as we get into the sword and shovel. I love the idea of the sword and shovel. The work that Nehemiah was engaging in was a spiritual work, yet it was a practical work. Oftentimes when we begin the new year, we think about things that we want to change in our life. We see things, there, there's things that we know that we don't like about ourselves, about our life, and we want to see change. I'm guessing that's why a lot of you came here this morning. You had a New Year's resolution to come to church more, to pursue God more. There's many of you joining us online. And so right now, if you're like me, when you scroll through social media, you're bombarded with all kinds of diets and exercise programs. You got, you know, abs in six minutes and lose 10 pounds in like 10 days and all this crazy stuff and fads. We want quick fixes. We want things to go away. And so oftentimes what we do is we focus on one thing or another. We focus on the practical and we try to utilize more self-discipline and more self-help to see change. Or we take a different approach and we pursue God spiritually for those things, which is wonderful, which is what we want to do. But here's, here's the problem and here's part of the principle of the sword and shovel. The shovel represents the practical things. The sword represents the spiritual things. 
And we usually engage in one or the other, but God says if you want to see real change happen in your life, it's not one or the other, it's both and. We need to pursue the spiritual and press into the word of God, which is the sword of spirit, and everything that God has for us, spiritually speaking, but we also need to do the very practical work, and this is where a lot of us Christians and spirit-filled believers often miss it. We think, God, you just touch me, change me, zap me. We like that, don't we? Just beam me up, Scotty. Do a work in me. And, and God wants to do a work in you, but he also recognizes this principle, that if you don't partner with God, even the freedom and the thing that he does in you, if you don't learn how to fight your battle, spiritually speaking, you'll gain freedom, but you won't know how to keep it. So this is why in January we start out and we get a little bit of freedom, but by March we find ourselves right back in the same place. Why? Because we engaged in a spiritual work, but we didn't engage in the very practical work. These are the things of breaking habits and pursuing God and letting him work things out of our life that we need to allow him to work out, but we got to do some work. This is the painful of the process. This is putting on your work gloves, people. This is getting to work and doing the hard work in our soul and allowing God to do the change in us. Amen? Are you ready to begin the journey? I am Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1. It says this. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel, that's the royal palace of Susa, Hananini, one of my brothers, came from Judah and some of the other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. Do I have anybody who survived 2020 in the room? Come on, we are survivors. <laughs> and we're not looking to just survive, we're looking to thrive. Amen? He said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates have been burned with fire. And I want you to underline verse 4 in your Bibles or on your device or whatever it is that you're using. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I'm going to say that to you again. Can you put that scripture back up? Verse 4. When I heard these things, notice Nehemiah, he actually stopped long enough to listen. He didn't just listen with his ears. He let it get down into his spirit, into his soul. He said, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Would you pray with me? Father God, we give you this moment that we have together in your presence. God, as we are on the cusp of a new year, God, I pray that if there's anything in us that you want to deal with, if there's anything in us that we need to let go of, Holy Spirit, I pray that you put your finger on it. God, I pray that this word, this word in Nehemiah, God, it wouldn't just be another Bible story that we read. But God, I pray that these words would be like seeds from heaven that would get planted in our spirit, watered by the Holy Spirit, would take root in our soul, and that they would grow and flourish within us. God, I pray and declare that no word of yours will return to you void, but it will accomplish your will and your purpose in our life. And so, Father, we give you this time. We put aside all of our other thoughts. We give you this moment. And we, we say, God, we're present with you right now. God, I give you this microphone. I'm yours, Holy Spirit. This is your platform. It's not mine. Speak what you want to speak. Now put your hand on your heart, will you? Holy Spirit, I pray that you open every heart, every mind to receive exactly what you have for every person here present today and those watching online. God, I pray that you would not leave us the same, that you would change us, transform us, convict us, but please do not let us leave here the same that we came in. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Now, would you do me a favor? Um, I have a burden to pray for our nation, and I believe that as a church, that when we pray together, there's power in prayer. Can
Can we take a moment out of our service to pray for our nation? Would you do that with me? Those of you watching online, I always want to encourage you to join with us. Father God, we thank you for the great country, the United States of America. God, we thank you that this country was founded on you and you alone, on your principles found in your word, God. God, we repent as a nation. We ask that you forgive us, God, for turning our back on you, for pursuing our own ideas, our own ways of living, God, and turning from you. God, we ask that you forgive our land, our nation, and God, that you would bring healing to our land once again. God, I pray for a great sweep of your presence to come over this nation. Holy Spirit, would you blow on the four corners of this nation, that you would stir the winds of revival. God, you would bring revival back to this great nation so that the people of this great nation would turn back to you. God, I pray that you would awaken your church in this hour. God, I pray that if there's anything false, any lies, any corruption, any darkness, that you would expose it. God, that you would bring it to light. God, that you would purify this country once again. God, we pray and lift up President Trump to you. We pray for your hand of protection upon him. God, that you would give him wisdom as he leads our country in these last days, God. And we thank you that we get to be a part of your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said amen, amen. amen. I want to talk to you this almost afternoon about something that I believe we can glean from Nehemiah, and that, that is this. That the title of my message is Don't Miss Your Moment. Don't miss your moment. Nehemiah, this is, this is a life-altering, changing moment for Nehemiah. Like, and, and let me point out to you that this was an ordinary moment. Now, Nehemiah, just to give you a little background, he was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. He was in Persia. Nehemiah himself was not even born in Jerusalem, but he was a Jew in exile. His family had been exiled to Persia. And now he was actually a pretty high-ranking dude uh, working for the king as the cupbearer. He had a high place. He was comfortable living in the king's palace when his brothers show up and he asks them, what about Jerusalem? What's going on back home? And in that moment... As his brothers share with him that Jerusalem lies in ruins. It's broken down. Gates are destroyed by fire. The walls are broken down. There's something that happens in that moment to Nehemiah. That it, it turns from an ordinary, everyday conversation to a God moment that now Nehemiah impacts him so deeply that he allows the moment to not escape him or miss him but he actually takes a moment to sit down and stop, to think about what he just heard, to allow the reality of what was happening outside of his world to get in him, to feel the pain, to feel the loss, to actually allow God to burden his spirit and his soul with what is burning, burdening God's. And I think about that. I think about how many times in my life where I've potentially missed the moment. I don't, I don't fear a lot of things in life. In fact, I, I don't fear death. As a, as a follower of Jesus and as a son of God, I've got, my home is not just this place. I've got some place where I'm headed to called eternity that is way better than this home. Let me tell you that. So I don't fear death, but you know what I do fear? I fear more than death that I'm gonna go through life and miss moments that God has for me. And I wonder how many times in your life and in my life have we missed a moment like this moment for Nehemiah. This moment changed Nehemiah and changed his life and destiny and a nation forever. Because he actually stopped for a minute and took time to allow God to do something in his soul and in his spirit that he could have just went on he could have just said, oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. How many times have we done that? How many times have we heard somebody's story of what they're going through? How many times have we seen something on Facebook that somebody went through that, that they, 2020 devastated people with loss? People lost jobs. People lost marriages. People lost businesses. People lost their health. 
People lost loved ones. People lost things. But I wonder if we're in danger more than losing some of those things, how many of us have gone through 2020 and maybe we lost some of the more important things like hope, like vision for our future, like we lost our first love for God. We lost our passion to worship. We lost our place as part of the church. Man, statistically, it's crazy. A third of people that were previously a part of a church or attending church pre-COVID, pre-shut-in, never have come back to the church. They lost what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, to be a part of the community. Yet, for those who have tasted and seen the goodness of God and how he works in this community called church, when we were shut in, we know, man, there, there's something I'm missing. I was just talking to somebody after first service that um, they had a fight with COVID and had to be at home, had to, were forced to watch online. And we understand this isn't a knock on anybody who needs or wants to watch services online, but she said to me something that I think is so profound. She said, I missed this so much. She said, I watched it online, but if I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor Lance, there was, there was moments where I wasn't engaged because it's different. I missed moments like this, being in the room when God speaks to you. You know, that's why my wife and I never wanted to miss church. It wasn't because we we're religious. It wasn't, it wasn't like some kind of law that we went by. We always went by the premise that I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss a moment that God can move and do something in my life that if I wasn't present, God wouldn't do. I don't want to miss my moment. Hey, going into 2021, you know what my prayer for you is? Is that you won't miss your moment. And when we give God time to actually do something, come on, when we get off our phones, when we get off social media, when we remove ourselves from the things that are distracting us, keeping our attention so focused on other things that we actually sit down in the presence of God and allow the reality of what has happened to us in 2020 and what is happening in our world right now to really sink in. We're in danger. I'm missing a moment. I'm reminded of uh, Tony Campalo. He went and he spoke at, when I was at Lee University, my wife and I, we would have uh, what they would call convocation, which is kind of like a week where you'd set aside time similar to what we're doing, prayer and fasting, 21 days. And, um, and we'd, we'd have chapel every night and Tony Campalo came and spoke one time at our chapel and uh, I remember him telling the story about when he was teaching at the University of Pennsylvania and one time he was doing an ordinary lecture that turned into a God moment uh, he, he went to a young man sitting in the front row and he asked him he said, he said young man he said how long have you lived and of course naturally the young man said uh, 19 years and he said no 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 you misunderstood me. He says, I don't, I don't mean how long your heart has been beating and you've been physically alive, but how many moments have you really lived life? And he said, let, let me explain. And he went on to tell him a story in 1944 when he was in the fourth grade. His trip, um, his school took a school trip to the Empire State Building in New York City. At the time, that was the largest building in the world. And he describes how when he got on the elevator to go up, the anticipation and the excitement that was on him, he felt so alive. And he said when he got to the top and those elevator doors opened and he stepped out onto that platform and he looked across over that big, beautiful city, seeing the Statue of Liberty in the back, he said, I could feel the wind on my face and the sunshine. He said, in that moment, I felt so alive. He said, in a million years, I'll never forget that moment. I felt so alive. He's like, so, let me ask you again. How long have you been alive? And the student looked at him dumbfounded. He said, I, I don't know. Maybe two minutes, a minute, 30 seconds. You see, real life happens when we're present. Most psychologists, they, they've done research on this, and they say that 
the average person is actually present 47% of the time. They're thinking about something else, even though they may be engaging in something. I, I, don't think, I think that number is actually a little bit shy. I think it's going up in our 21st century, where we are enamored with technology and social media and games and everything. You could be in the middle of a church service or watching this online right now, and you could be more concerned, distracted with what's on your phone or what you're going to do after, and in the process, you could actually miss your moment. You can miss it. Half the time we're here, we're not even thinking about, and we're not present here. You know what that means? Half the time, I'm not even present. That means half the time, I'm not really living. See, most of the time, we're living in the wrong time zone. We're either living too much in the past, or we're too anxious about the future, and in the process, we're missing the moment in the present. 21 days of prayer and fasting is all about being present with the presence of God and allowing God to do something in you so that you don't miss your moment. I've got this little um, sand timer. I kind of like it. It's becoming my friend. No, this isn't my new way to keep myself on track for preaching, but, um, but I like it because there's something about, I don't know, just watching the little sands come through that's kind of peaceful, but at the same time, I kind of have flashbacks to the Wizard of Oz, and I get freaked out by those flying monkeys, and so I need to get past some things. But I love, I like watching this because it reminds me, the Bible talks about that all of us, we have this life, and yet it describes it as a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. This reminds me when I, oh wow, Siri found three tomorrow. Shut up. <laughs> Thank you, Siri. I don't need you right now. You could be quiet. We're fasting you, Siri. <laughs> I love looking at this because it reminds me that our life is kind of like sand going through our fingers. That there are moments that unless we capture them, it's just, they're gone. We can never get them back. They're slipping through our fingers. And I think that we can, starting out 2021 on this first Sunday of the new year, we can learn from Nehemiah that he didn't let the moment pass him by. He embraced it. I want us to embrace the moment. I want us to embrace the fact that, that our country, actually, is on, on the cusp of, I don't know, a revolution maybe? I know I might be getting a little political here, but if we're going to be real, there's a lot of things that are happening right now in our nation and in our world that are very disturbing. And I think we could bury our heads in the sand. We could just keep going out to restaurants and go to movies and watch Netflix and be so enamored with social media that we distract ourselves and we can maybe miss the moment that for such a time as this, God is calling the church to be woke, to wake up. To get a burden some, for something outside of ourselves. See, what I love about this and what I love about us engaging in the book of Nehemiah is Nehemiah, yes, I'm sure he was grieving for some of the things in his life. In fact, when, when it says, I've got three things for you that we won't miss our moment if we'll do, I believe. And that is, number one, is we take a moment to grieve, that we find freedom through fasting, and discover purpose and power through prayer. Those three things. And we take a moment to mourn, see, because you gotta let God deal with you on some things of the past. We gotta let go of some things. We gotta be willing to, to allow God to do what he wants to do in us to deal with those things, and most of us never give God that moment. We never give him that time. We just keep plowing through. It kind of reminds me of, of when my, my wife, in a period of, I think it was, Two and a half years. She lost her brother, who was my age, to a heart attack, massive heart attack, died instantly just before we were about to have a family reunion a couple summers ago. Two and a half years later, she lost her father. She got to a place where she was so weighed down and burdened that 
we actually took some time and went on a sabbatical. And it was in that sabbatical time that she realized, like, I actually haven't take, taken time to grieve. I haven't, I haven't allowed God the moments that he needed to do what he needs to do in my heart and to be able to express what's going on. And see, see, grief is internal. Mourning is external. It's letting out what's going on inside of here. Too many of us just go through life and never actually sit down and take some moments to allow God to heal us from the pain, heal us from the loss. Some of you, you got divorced and you just moved on. Some of you have lost children, you just moved on. Some of you have lost jobs, you've, you've lost things that are precious to you, you've lost friendships, you, you've lost your purity, and you've just moved on, thinking that I could just move on and never deal with it. Nehemiah gives us a principle here. That we, we can't miss a moment before God can take us into the new. We've got to allow him to deal with some of these things that are weighing us down and burdening in us. That's the grieving process. The Bible talks, in fact, they would take a week to grieve and mourn when somebody died because there's a biblical principle there that God realized our soul needs time to process it needs time to process with God, heal with God, to mourn, to grieve, to let the emotions come out. Some of us, we are, we are so corked in. It's like an inferno ready to erupt inside your soul. And we don't know what to do with it. So what do we do? We keep pushing it down. We keep suppressing. We try to move forward. Can I tell you, you cannot keep moving forward. It reminds me of a book by Jerry Sitzer. He's a professor. And he wrote this book, book called A Grace Disguised, How the Soul Grows Through Loss. And in that book, he describes Jerry Sitzer went through an unbelievable tragic accident in his life where he lost his wife, his mother, and his young daughter in one tragic car accident. In one fell swoop, lost his mom, his wife, and his young daughter. Could you imagine the pain? Could you imagine the loss? One night while he was dealing with this pain, he had a dream. He describes in his book, and he says in his dream, he was chasing, uh, he was running west. He could see the sun, and it was slowly setting, and he was running after the sun because he said, all I wanted to do in that moment is feel the warmth of the sun, to feel the light on my face. And he says it was exhausting. Day after day, he would chase it. And by the time he would get close enough, the sun would set. And he said he would get up and try to chase it again and again until he fell down in the darkness, exhausted and without hope. He was describing this, this dream to one of his friends over coffee. And his friend says, you know what your problem is? He said, no. He says, you can't chase the sun towards the west. He says, you'll never catch it that way. He says, what you have to do is you have to face east and run into the darkness until the sun rises. He said, that was a life-changing moment for him. I believe this is exactly what Nehemiah is teaching us that a lot of us need to do. Instead of running from our losses, instead of running from our pain, instead of running from our disappointments, that we run into the darkness until the sun rises, and we could feel the light and the love of Jesus on our face once again. Now, I want to share with you a quote that he, he, he said in this experience. He said, I discovered in that moment that I had the power to choose the direction of my life would, he would head. Even if the only choice open to me, at least initially, was to either run from the loss or to face it as best I could. Since I knew that the darkness was inevitable and unavoidable, I decided to walk into the darkness rather than try to outrun it. Can I tell you a secret in this? In order to get over it, you have to grieve through it. In order to get over it, you have to Grieve through it. You got to take a moment to process with God, to mourn, to grieve. And we're going to do that a little bit tonight. We got something planned for you. I hope that you're going to be here. So we got to take a moment to grieve 
And we have to find freedom through fasting. Freedom through fasting. Now, for a lot of us, uh, that doesn't sound too freeing. Fasting, you're like, Pastor Lance, that sounds a little bit constricted to me. How do I actually find freedom through fasting? Now, there, there's many different types of fast that, that you can do. Some of them we have in that book. But here's what I want us, I want to encourage you with as we enter. And if maybe some of you are deciding what to fast, if you're going to fast at all, if you're going to join in with us during this time, fasting disconnects you from the world. There's two types of, of fast that I believe that we need in order to find freedom and breakthrough. Number one is physically, fasting breaks down your flesh. Too many of us, we don't realize how connected to external things we are until you engage in a time of fasting. Fasting puts my flesh on notice and tells it, flesh, you don't have control over me. I rule over you. Most of the time, most of us are ruled by our flesh. We're ruled by our feelings. I, I didn't have a good day, so I'm going to eat some chocolate. I'm going to go get me a Krispy Kreme, and I'm going to try to make my feelings good. I'm going to eat. I'm going to do whatever I want to try to uh, feel good and not deal with the things that are really inside of me. Fasting says, I'm going to break control over my flesh over me. So I'm going to, maybe for you, it's you're going to fast sugar, you're going to fast coffee. <gasps> I know, calm down, it's okay. You don't have to fast coffee. <laughs> Let God speak to you what you're going to fast. And there's some ideas in that book. But it's not only breaking the physical part of our flesh away from us and disconnecting us from that. What it also does is I believe that we also need, we need the physical part of a fast, but we need the, the uh, soul part of a fast. Maybe this is even the more important part, that we don't realize the power that things have over our life until you try to break away from it. So go without your phone for a day. Get off social media for a week. Stop playing that game. Don't watch Netflix flicks for a week or anything else. Some of us, we don't realize how attached we become to these things, and they become our go-to or automatic response, and we don't even realize it. And when you decide that you're going to break free and you're going to take a time to fast from those things, you're saying, God, I'm breaking free from these things that I'm connected to in the world so that I could cling to the things that you have for me in 2021. Don't miss your moment. There's freedom in fasting. Um, Tony Evans, he gives an example of this that I think is really powerful. Now, my son Blake, he, uh, he does track and field for Glacier High School. And I remember going to one of his track meets up at uh, Whitefish High School, and he did uh, the high jump. I don't know how many of you are familiar with track and field. I know uh, I love watching the Olympics, and this year I feel a little bit lost because we missed the Summer Olympics. And, um, and I, I love watching the high jump, pole vault, all those things. Well, my son, he does, he does the high jump. And what the high jump is, for those of you who aren't familiar, is they set up a bar, and they've got a, a big, looks like a big mattress, big, thick mattress pad. That, and you have to uh, run and physically jump over the bar, and they contort their body and their back so that they can hurl themselves up over the bar. Now, most high jumpers... Um, if you can get seven feet or higher, man, you're doing really good. But I was watching my son. Um, he made the first couple, but then he just could not make it over that last bar when they raised the bar. And I watched these other kids, and they were doing the same thing, kept hitting the bar, knocking the bar over. And I look over to my right, and I see pole vaulters over here. It's a different kind of high jump. You actually use a pole to jump over. Now, when you use a pole... You go from the highest you could go, which is like seven feet, to like 18 feet. Now I can get over 18 feet with this pole. And what pole vaulting does is you get a pole, and you run, and you stick the pole in this hole in the ground, and you use the weight of you on top of the pole to vault you, if you will, and throw you up over the bar. This is exactly what prayer and fasting does in our lives. For many of us, year after year, there are bars that have limited 
what God can do in our life because we haven't broken through to new barriers. There's mountains in your life and in my life. There's sin that we just struggle with. There's addictions. There's brokenness in our life that year after year we determine this is going to be the year. I'm going to make it. And we muster up all the self-control and we try to throw ourselves over that bar in our own strength. And God says, no, you're missing the very power that I've given you to break those barriers in your life and to hurl you over the mountain. Fasting and prayer is like a pole vault. When you put your full weight into it and you lean into it, it will propel you into new heights and places that you can never go in your own strength and in your own power. But you got to be willing to lean into Jesus and to put your burden on him. I say, God, I can't do this. I'm, I'm done. This is, this is the problem for many of us. We've tried in our own strength way too long. We need the grace of God. We need the power of God. We need the presence of God. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. And fasting is a time. Even Jesus said when some of the disciples came to him and said, hey, we had trouble getting out. This guy, he had a mountain in his life. He had, he had sin. He had a demon in him that they could not cast out. And when they came to Jesus and asked him, why is it that we couldn't cast it out? He said, no, this kind will only come out through prayer and fasting. Man, if you want to see breakthrough in your life, if you want to go higher in 2021 than you ever have before, if you want to see those mountains come down, it's not just going to be because you tried harder, that you read a new self-help book, or that you tried new self-disciplines in your life. This is why New Year's resolutions don't work. We're lying too much on our own strength and not leaning into the power of God. Fasting does that. The last thing that we need, and these two go together, is as we lean in and pray into, we don't just fast. Listen, fasting disconnects you from the world. Prayer connects you to God. Too many times when we engage in a fast, we get so focused on what we're not going to do that we forget that fasting is only to decouple you from some things so that you can embrace all that God has for you. It's a pursuit. We're pursuing God. We're not just not doing something. That's, that's not active. That, that's complacent. We're not just not eating. We're not just not going on social media. Instead of doing those things, we're using the time that we would do to embrace the things of God, to pray more, to seek God more, to pursue Him more. That's what it's about. And listen here, this is, this is the biggest thing. Every year when I take time to pray and fast, probably one of the biggest things that I notice is I gain so much clarity. Like, there are things that I didn't see before that now I can see very clear. God gives me so much clarity. He gives me so much insight. He gives me new purpose. There are things that, that God puts in my heart that he opens my eyes to that if I never took that time, I would miss the moment. I would miss the ministry. I would miss the mission. Nehemiah was in danger of missing the mission on how God would use him to change a nation. But he didn't just focus on himself. See, this is part of the problem. We start out the new year and it's all about me, myself, and I. It's about, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be the new me, girl. You watch out, world. I'm gonna diet, I'm gonna exercise, I'm gonna put on my stretchy pants, I'm gonna go to my yoga classes, I'm gonna get my nails done, I'm gonna be a new me. And we focus so much on the new me that we miss the new thing that God wants to do in my life, not just for my sake. Listen, there are dreams inside of some of you. There are words that God has spoke to you. There are seeds that God planted in your spirit, prophetic words that have been sitting there lying dormant for years. And some of you have given up on them. You've given up on them. And let me tell you, your dreams are not just for you. They're for the people around you. They're for your city, your neighborhood, your workplace. God has birthed something in you and he wants to do something new in you. But can I tell you a secret? It's not new. It's been lying there the whole time. It just needs you to take some time to sit down. Stop moving. Stop being so busy. Stop being so distracted. And lean in to my still, small voice. I've got a purpose for you greater than you know. Nehemiah's world was about to be turned upside down because he didn't miss his moment. 
Now, I've got a little exercise for you as we close this morning. I want you to do this. We're going to play a little video for you. And here's um, the video is going to kind of explain it. But I want you to focus on the kids with the white T-shirts. And you're going to count how many times they pass the ball. You got it? Got it? You guys ready? All right, cue it up. This is a test of selective attention. Count how many times the players wearing white pass the basketball. How many passes did you count? The correct answer is 15 passes. How many of you actually got 15? You get a gold star. How, how many of you, look at this. How many of you actually saw the gorilla? Be honest, raise your hand. Hey, these. These researchers, they wrote a book called The Invisible Gorilla, and this makes a point. And that point is that 90% of the people believed that they would be able to spot the gorilla, but only 50% of them actually did. Why is that? It's because of this psychological, cognitive, visual phenomenon called inattentional blindness. Inattentional blindness means that we could be looking at something, and it could be right in our full view of our vision, but we could miss it because we're so focused on something that it could be staring us right in the face, right in front of us, and we completely miss it. The reason why we start out 21 days of prayer and fasting is because I believe that there are so many things right in front of us that we're missing because we're so distracted and not focused on the things that God has for you and for me. It reminds me of Jacob in the Bible. When Jacob was laying in an ordinary place in an ordinary moment, he went to bed, he put his head on a rock in the middle of a desert. Some of you, as we close, you feel like you've been in a desert season. You feel like you've been in a season where you're dry. When I was talking about losses and talking about losing your first love and losing your passion for God, losing vision for your life. I was talking directly to you. Jacob was on the run for his life, had lost being at home, and he's in this ordinary place in an ordinary everyday moment where he went to sleep. And while he was sleeping, he has this dream. And in the dream, he sees angels descending from heaven, bringing messages to God. I believe those are answers to prayer. And he also sees angels ascending to heaven, bringing messages to heaven from earth. It's this beautiful picture, actually a picture of the church, but it's also a picture of when we pray, that there are messenger angels that are bringing our prayers to heaven, and there are responses from heaven coming to earth. Too many of us, we've missed the moment. Jacob woke up from that moment, and he said, oh my, oh my gosh, he said, the presence, the very presence of God is in this place. And I was completely unaware. I completely missed it. And he said, no other is this than the house of God. This is where I'm, I met God in a moment just like this. You see, all of us, it's all we got. We've got moments. And they're just passing by. At some point, that moment is gone. It's gone forever. We missed it. As we're sitting here today, together, in the very presence of God is here. I want to ask you, how much have you really lived? How many moments have you missed? How many opportunities? 
to allow yourself to mourn, to sit, to take time to mourn and grieve so that God can bring healing and freedom to you. To press into him, to fast, to, to say, world, you can wait for 21 days. But as for me and my house, I'm pursuing God. And I'm gonna fast and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna get the power that God has for my life to go to places that I can never go on my own. I wanna pray for you as we close. Would you close your eyes? How many of you would say today, I'm gonna to ask you to make a declaration by putting your hand up to say, Pastor Lance, I don't wanna miss my moment going into 2021. I commit to take time to pray and fast for 21 days. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? There's no shame in this. If you're not ready for that, that's okay. It's a commitment. It's saying I commit these next 21 days and whatever that means for you or looks like for you could look very different. But right now, this moment is saying to God, I don't wanna miss that moment and I, I, I commit to you, God, these next 21 days. I'm gonna, I'm gonna press into you for all that you have for me. And now I wanna to speak to another group of people. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And I believe that there's many of you, maybe you came back to church today because you walked away from your relationship with God. You've been pursuing other things, but you haven't been pursuing God. Maybe for some of you, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've, you've missed moments like this, opportunities that God gives us to step into all that he has for you. I don't want you to miss the moment right now. If you would say, Pastor Lance, I wanna take the opportunity right now in this moment to fully surrender my life to God. I'm tired of holding back. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of running and trying to chase something that I'll never be able to get without you. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up right now? Thank you, God bless 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 you. Hands all over. Come on. Yeah, come on, can we give it up for those people? You haven't messed your moment. I, I believe that there's some of you online. I want us to just pray this prayer together. Would you pray with me? And maybe some of you didn't raise your hand, but God would do something in your heart. And after we pray this prayer, you would take out one of our um, cards, commitment cards, and you would write down that I committed my life or recommitted my life to Jesus on this day, January 3rd, 2021, because I want to pursue all that God has for me. I want to apprehend everything he apprehended me for. So pray this prayer with me. Jesus, come on everybody. Jesus, thank you for coming to rescue me from sin and destruction. I surrender everything to you. Will you come into my life? Wash me clean. Forgive me of my sin and make me new. Today, I let go of the old and embrace the new thing you're doing in my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support the ministry of Hope Church at hopechurchmt.com give. Also follow us on social media at hopechurchmt. Be blessed and have a great week.